0: Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our preseason top five power rankings. So Jalen and I are going to list our top five power rankings going into next season for the entire league, not just by conference. So Jalen, list your top five.
1: So number five is the New York Knicks. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. Sorry, Knicks fans. I didn't mean to do you guys like that. I just, I just felt as though it was the perfect time and place to let you guys know that you guys are not going to be at the top of the league next year. Like you thought you were going to be with KD and Kyrie, because they're going to be on a team I'm going to talk about a little later. So Ryan, to bring the seriousness back to the podcast, I want to start off by saying that my top five is based off strictly how the rosters are right now. I haven't factored in any of the changes that I feel as though they need to make or could address because a lot of the things can't really be said based on the fact that we don't really know when. Um, free agency is actually going to start this offseason. So certain teams are going to lose players that it could be a significant hit to, but we can't really factor that in because they could or could not be retained based on the way things go in free agency with money as well as the start date. So with that being the case, my number five team overall is the Boston Celtics. I feel as though they're a team that definitely underachieved this past year. It seems like their ceiling is rising every single year. And you would think that that would mean that this upcoming season, they would end up making the NBA Finals because they've pretty much progressed every single year under Brad Stevens. And it's put them in a position where now they're probably a piece or two away. I think more so a piece less than it is two in terms of being a true championship contender, there's still a very young roster led by two guys in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who definitely balled out this year. But I think there's one more extra gear that they have to hit. And there's big questions surrounding Gordon Hayward being retained. But I think his freed up cap cap space could could potentially open up some space for them to acquire a guy who could be a little bit more difference-making at a different position rather than stacking up the wings. Because there's other positions like, Pretty much, I think, adding things at center as well as being able to open up that power forward position a little bit more that can make them a little bit more dangerous. And another year with Robert Williams, I think is going to be huge for them because I think his development this past season was huge. And the center position is the one they need the most. Daniel Tice is a good fill-in, but Robert Williams or another guy who they could potentially acquire in the offseason might potentially be a lot more of the fit that they need at that center spot. Number four I have to go with the Clippers. I felt kind of angsty about making this pick because of the fact that we don't really know what's going to happen in terms of the coaching situation with the fact that Ty Lu is that guy. Yes, he is a player's coach, but this is a little bit different of a circumstance between having to coach guys like Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. The temperament was there. The the willingness to play in games, the fiery desire was there. Kawhi Leonard is kind of a uh the shy assassin, I would call him now. Paul George has been deemed pandemic P like they're kind of in a position right now where they kind of have to refine themselves. And the question comes down to whether or not Ty Luke can light that fire underneath them. But if they can, they still have one of the deepest rosters in the league, even with free agency being a, being a muck, like they're in a position where they still have two top players in the league, regardless of what people say about Paul George, he's still within at least the top 15, top 20 as a talent Kawhi Leonard, despite coming up small in the playoffs against Denver late, especially in those last three games, Kawhi Leonard is still a guy who's considered at least in the top five, if not the top three in terms of best player in the world discussion. And then you throw on top of that, they do still have Patrick, v- Patrick Beverly, who is a dog at point guard. And they have a guy in Lou Williams coming off the bench who's still huge. So I'm going to go with them. And then the next three, I'm going to kind of just list off quickly because I'm really interested to hear what Ryan has to say about uh, his power rankings. has been kind of hyping me up pre- prior to the podcast. So at three, I have the Brooklyn Nets, the real New York team. At number two, I have the Golden State Warriors who are coming back fires blazing. And at number one, I do have to put the Los Angeles Lakers because of the fact that they are the standalone champions right now. And despite their roster being somewhat questionable, I feel as though with the top two players in the league or at least two top five players in the league on their roster, I don't want to count them out when one of those two top players are LeBron James. So that would be my order. So kind of a repetition for the audio listeners paying attention. Lakers one, Golden State two, Brooklyn Nets three, Clippers are four, and then the Boston Celtics are five.
0: All right. Disclaimer. I did not put the Clippers on my list. I know. Big shock. Because, look, the Clippers greatly underwhelmed in the playoffs. Paul George had a lot of bad performances. Kawhi Leonard was good for the most part until he hit game seven against the Nuggets. This team overall was just underwhelming for the most part in the bubble. So as much as I want to pencil them in for the championship next season, I'm going to pump the brakes on that. Number five is the Milwaukee Bucks. A lot of talent on this team. Good core is still beyond this. Number four is the Boston Celtics. Uh, I believe they have a nice core of players right now with Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. I actually believe that Jason Tatum could win the MVP next season. And I feel, like, I feel like their head coach, Brad Stevens, could also be up for coach of the year next year. Number three is the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are really two of the only reasons why they, this team won the championship. And I feel like, let's face it, if LeBron and Anthony Davis weren't there, then this team would not have made it this far. Number two is the Miami Heat. They have their superstar in Jimmy Butler, supporting cast with Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Bam Adebayo. They have the organization, a very very strong organization, backed by Pat Riley, head coach Eric Spolstra. Number one is the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, solid team, solid organization.
1: So read out your top five again.
0: Brooklyn one, Miami two, Lakers three, Boston four, Milwaukee five.
1: All right. So here's how we're going to do this, because there's a way that we have to do this organized enough where we can be able to touch on every team that's been mentioned while making sure that we have a pure understanding of why both of us set our orders. So let's start with this. Let's start with some of the consensus teams that were already selected that we both already had. Let's start with the Boston Celtics. You had them at four, I had them at five. What do you think makes the Boston Celtics a top five team coming into this year? Besides just the fact that they obviously just got booted out of the Eastern Conference Finals and the fact that Jason Tatum, obviously their star player. What is it that the Boston Celtics bring to the table that you believe makes them a top five team? If in in, actually in your case, a top four team in the league going into next season?
0: I think it's consistency. It starts from the top and works its way to the bottom. I think that when you have a GM like Danny Ainge who puts together a great roster and then you have a great coach like Brad Stevens who does not get the credit that he deserves. And then you have guys like Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. These are all great players. I think organization-wise, I would have to put them in my top five along with the aforementioned Miami Heat. I think that... Boston definitely has a championship pedigree. Honestly, look, you have a guy like Jason Tatum who's pretty much poised to win the MVP this year. I think he's going to have a standout year. I think that you have a solid supporting cast with Jalen Brown. I think Kemba Walker's still playing at his best. They still need a center, though, which is why I put him at number four. I still think they have a glaring hole at the center position, which, honestly, they could use with one of their four draft picks. But – Boston is a solid team and a solid organization.
1: I think the biggest thing with Boston for me was actually just piggybacking off of the four draft picks thing. Like, I think that is extremely movable in a way that they can acquire another, like, primetime piece this offseason. I think being able to include a guy like Enos Cantor in a trade, potentially, if he picks up his player option, which I feel like he probably will, um, puts them in a position where they could – go after a very significant free agent who could be very uh active and bring automatic production, I guess you could say, to the team autom- like from, from the minute they're signed. I think the biggest thing, too, is the cap hold in terms of what they decide to do with Gordon Hayward moving for- forward. Did they sign him to a team-friendly deal, considering that he has been pretty much injured every year, since being acquired by this team? Does he sign a more team-friendly deal? Is he a guy who thinks that he can maybe acquire a little bit more money in a different location? Does he try to finesse his way back into a place like Utah where he fits extremely well for maybe a little bit less money? I mean, there's a lot of different circumstances that you could probably look into. I think that the Celtics are a top five team out of the fact that they already have a very good starting five, if not starting four, at least, with guys like Kimba, Jalen, JT, Marcus Smart, insert center here. I think Robert Williams is the guy that I think you're, you're looking for in terms of that glaring hole. I think Robert Williams could be the guy, but still a relatively young and brawl prospect. So I think, I think that they're in a position where they might be able to improve without having to reach too far beyond their means. But those draft picks make it a little bit easier to acquire a better player if you'd like to. Okay, another team that we talked about talk about championship pedigree. They just tied the Boston Celtics this year with 17 championships. So Los Angeles Lakers, Ryan, very, very low on the, on the Lakers, still put them in your top five, which was respectable. Um, I put them at one, but you put them at three. What has you so low on the Lakers? considering the fact that they have two MVP caliber players on their team. Now, I understand the notion is without those two guys, they wouldn't be half the team they are now. But I feel like you could say that about a lot of teams that are led by two, by a duo of MVP caliber players. So especially when those MVP caliber players are LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I think a lot of the roster around them is going to be a little bit questionable when you have those two guys occupying a lot of the space. So throwing that kind of out to the wayside, what exactly are your biggest concerns about the Lakers that have you dropping the defending champs all the way down to three?
0: The supporting cast. You look at what the supporting cast has done in the playoffs, and when I talk about supporting cast, I mean everybody else besides LeBron and Anthony Davis. If you see what they did in the playoffs, you probably have the same concerns going into next season. Honestly, listen, this, this championship team, I still believe, was the worst team to ever win a championship. Ian Evans, who was on the show recently, said that the 94-95 Rockets were the worst team to ever win a championship, in his opinion. I strongly disagree. At least there were extra stars on that team. At least that team had somewhat of a supporting cast. At least that team had Hakeem Olajuwon. At least that team had Kenny Smith, Vernon Maxwell, Robert Horry. This team does not have anybody good outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis. And I wish I was kidding because I thought game five they were going to seal the deal and then Danny Green hit this shot that grazed off the front of the rim and they pretty much lost the game. And then when you thought they had a chance to win the game, Markeith Morris throws it out of bounds. This team is not good, which is why personally I think they have to revamp this roster. I don't think they're number one simply because – of the supporting cast. I think, you know, if you look at LeBron's uh, first championship appearance, which was 2007 against the Spurs, that team had no chance because the supporting cast was dreadful. LeBron was the only star on that team. And you look at the rest of the team, okay, who you have, uh, Daniel Gibson, you have Drew Gooden, you have Zajernis Ogaskis. Who else is going to step up to the plate? The problem with the Lakers was that I still believe this. Outside of Avery Bradley, they did not have a third star. I don't think anyone could have come close to being a third star. I think there were other guys who acted like the third star but aren't actually the third star. i probably throw out Caruso, Kuzma, Danny Green, Markeith Morris, KCP toward the end of the finals. There is not a solid supporting cast. I could point that out with Miami right now because they have Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and Bam Adebayo. Those three guys make up a supporting cast. I can't see that with the Lakers.
1: And see, the reason why I, I somewhat disagree with you in terms of that is actually because I understand how bad the supporting cast is. If anybody's been a proponent of kind of like shipping everybody, it's probably been me in terms of the podcast that, um, that we've been featured on as well as this one. But I think that's the most interesting thing about it. They won the championship in spite of them and they did it handily, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-2. Like, I mean, they did it relatively handily. Granted, there were injuries here and there in terms of the finals itself. But other than that, You can't write the the Lakers off for not having played a healthy Golden State Warriors team. You can't write the Lakers off for not playing the Los Angeles Clippers who blew it against the Denver Nuggets. You can't blame them for that. They played who was in front of them and they were able to not only win those series, but do it in a relatively convincing fashion. So I think the fact that they're in the position where they can say they're coming off of being defending champs while also being able to have the type of capital, they obviously have a late first round pick. That's an ability to acquire another playmaker. There's been talks as to the Los Angeles Lakers looking into trying to acquire Derrick Rose from the Detroit Pistons, who I think is automatically, and we mentioned this when we had Ian on the show. When we had Ian on the show, I had mentioned that they needed to try to improve gradually within – within the positions that they had, because I don't think that they need drastic movement. I think they just need a tick better than what they were getting, whether that be from the players they already have or through acquisition. I think their draft pick late in the first round is a good place to start. I think going after a guy like Derrick Rose from Detroit, which he's been rumored to be in potential trade talks for, could be huge. That could be a chance to get off of a guy like Kyle Kuzma, by the way, who is a guy that everybody is still clamoring should not get his ring. <laughs> after this playoff stretch that he had. KCP, I think, is still, I still believe is a rotational player who can guard ones and twos. So at least defensively he's present. And he's probably the only he's probably the best three-point shooter available on the roster that they have. I some would say Danny Green, but there are questions as to whether or not he really is that guy anymore. KCP is a D he's a three and D guard who really was their best performer throughout the playoffs as that third guy you mentioned. Granted, that's not great, but he won't have to be the third guy if they acquire a guy like Derrick Rose, for example, who has been playing relatively well despite coming off of his injuries when it came to the fact of him being a prominent force with the Timberwolves and as well as being a standalone guard for the Detroit Pistons who struggled this year without Blake Griffin. But otherwise, he did well within his own means considering it was a struggling team. So I think the Lakers have a lot of position, uh, positional um, movement that they can make and they're in a pretty decent position to be able to do that obviously the first domino to fall starts with re-signing Anthony Davis but I think little moves like getting Derrick Rose to the to pick late in the first round and little movements that they can make with the guys who they do have signed through next year makes them kind of dangerous and we're talking about a team who had a crap roster like you said and won the finals and now they're in a position where they can move away from a good handful of the guys on that crap roster and get slightly better in terms of the supporting cast while still keeping the two big guys at the top. I think there's something to say about that.
0: I have two problems with your take. First of all, you mentioned that KCP was one of the best three point shooters on that team for a team that shot what 35 to forty threes a game. You had J.R. Smith on the bench who is a solid three-point shooter but yet you only chose, him, you only chose to play him what five minutes every single game you also had Deion Waiters who was on that roster too you chose to play him five minutes every single game in some cases not play him at all if you're going to chuck up threes at least put your three-point specialist in like JR and uh, Deion Waiters the other issue I have is this when you're talking about what they're going to build on for next season, possibly getting Derrick Rose, re-signing Anthony Davis, selecting somebody with the 28th overall pick. That is not going to hinder the fact that they still have to play Golden State, Houston, Portland, Denver, Oklahoma City, Utah, Dallas, Phoenix. Like these, these teams who are not only emerging, but are continual threats in the Western Conference I'm not expecting this team to make it through Denver or the Clippers or Dallas or Portland, mainly because these these teams are going to be fully healthy next season. And I think that we're not taking into account the fact that Golden State is still a threat. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, they're all going to be healthy. They have Andrew Wiggins. They have the second overall pick. We just quickly write off Golden State as they're not a threat at all to LeBron and the Lakers. But yet they probably have a couple players on their team that are better than some of the players on the Lakers. Let's face it. like You think of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson on the Golden State Warriors. Who's their third option? Draymond Green or Andrew Wiggins? Look at the Lakers. Currently, their third option is – Maybe Avery Bradley, but he didn't play in the bubble. But that's the guy who I looked to for the third option. When I looked in the bubble, there was no third option for the Lakers. The supporting cast is still not as good as it was to begin the season. If you look at the beginning of the season, this team could have won in the state of the current team. They could have gone to the finals, and they could have won easily and decisively. This team... I wouldn't bet anything on to win because they don't have a solid supporting cast. They only have LeBron, and Anthony Davis. So we can talk about what they can do next season, but let's think about who they're going to play next season. Cause they still have to play. Like I said, golden state, Portland, Denver, Dallas, Utah, the Clippers, a lot of contending teams in the West.
1: Okay, so that's kind of my interesting thing about that because, like, where did, you, where did you have Golden State in your power rankings?
0: Golden State was not in my power rankings because they are still coming off of injuries. I'm more or less worried about where they're going to go. I don't want to put them in my top five yet because who knows what's going to happen next season. What kind of supporting cast do they have? At least Golden State has four stars on their team. The Lakers only have two stars and they want a championship. The reason why I put the Lakers in the list was because they want a championship. I didn't put Golden State in the list because they won 15 games last year and they had Steph injured, Draymond injured, Clay was injured. You traded away D'Angelo Russell. You got injured Wiggins late in the season. So, Injuries were the main concern for me going into why I didn't put Golden State in my list.
1: Then Ryan, this is how we're going to touch on the third and final team that we agreed on before we move on to the teams that we both had differently. We both had the Brooklyn Nets on this power rankings. Are they not dealing with injury? Are they not coming back with a guy who had Achilles surgery? A guy in Kyrie Irving who basically missed a good handful of the season due to injuries of his own? Is this not a Brooklyn team that could potentially be losing Joe Harris in the offseason and has been discussing moving on from Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie in attempt to be able to get a third star? You have them number one. And I have them number three. I have them number three, if I have to explain quite briefly, strictly because of the injury concern. I think my biggest thing with them is they're my dark horse to win the championship this year because I've said it on a million episodes and I'm going to continue saying it until somebody proves me wrong. I genuinely believe that the NBA public forgot that Kevin Durant is alive. I genuinely believe that because he's not been discussing the greatest, greatest players of all time or uh, greatest players in the league, Discussion over the last year with him being out. It's been a lot more about Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, and guys of that ilk. And KD's name has not been floated out there and it has a lot to do with his injury. But I, I I don't understand why he still can't be in the mix. So I put him at three for that same safety, for that same safety blanket you use in terms of not putting the Warriors on your list at all. I put the Warriors personally, I had the Warriors at number two. You didn't have them on your list at all because of injury. I have the, the Brooklyn Nets at three because of injury. You have Brooklyn at number one despite the injuries. I'm going to need a little bit of an explanation on that. And just saying Kevin Durant ain't enough for me when Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are the other guys we were talking about.
0: The reason why I chose the teams that I chose was because these are the five teams I believe can win the championship next season. I should have stated it at the beginning of the episode, but it was better that I probably state this now because of the the concern that you have for putting Brooklyn at number one. I understand that I can't use Kevin Durant as the excuse for why I put Brooklyn at number one. It makes sense, but I am a fan of Kevin Durant, as you can tell. Jalen is also a fan of Kevin Durant. But here's the thing. Kevin Durant is... Arguably one of the best players in the NBA. If he was healthy last season, I strongly believe Brooklyn could have won the championship last season. I could say the same thing with Kyrie Irving. If Kyrie was healthy, they could have won the championship. This is not the best roster in the world. However, they have four stars. Katie, Kyrie, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis Levert. These are four solid players. You have a glaring hole at center, much like the Celtics. You don't have the depth of a team like Milwaukee or Miami. What you do have is you have stars who can carry you late into the game when you need somebody that can score immediately. I look at Kevin Durant. I look at Kyrie Irving. I look at Spencer Dinwiddie. I look at Kara Levert. Jalen, we mentioned time and time again that Karis Levert can be a guy who can lead his own team. Granted, he is maybe the fourth option on this team, but wouldn't you be glad to have a guy like Karis Levert on your team considering he's a guy who could put up 15 in game? Spencer Danewitty is an all-star. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are two of the best players in the world. I would want to have this team, number one. I would want to believe in this team. I would want to believe that this team can win the championship next season. I don't believe Golden State can win because, what did I say? Injuries. I understand that Golden State is injured, but I look at what's around them as well. The fifth best player on the Lakers is who? The fifth best player on Miami obviously could be a guy like Kendrick Nunn. The fifth best player on brooklyn could be a guy like chris Chioza or tyler johnson or deandre jordan that's okay
1: that's where i'm gonna stop you though okay let's let's think about what we just did now first of all okay so with the miami heat first of all the fifth best player on the team probably is duncan robinson that's which is hilarious to think about because it's jimmy bam i think i think tyler then goran well, then yeah.
0: duncan I threw Duncan in at number four and made Kendrick my fifth best player because I'm just assuming Goran's not going to be there next year.
1: Well, okay, bringing that into consideration, obviously, then, yeah, Kendrick Nunn would be maybe fifth. I think the thing with the Lakers, I feel like that part I understand. First of all, Jared Allen is their fifth best player, which is hilarious because of the fact that he really should have gotten a lot more of the starting center minutes this past year. I think DeAndre Jordan getting as much burn as he did had to do with the fact that KD and Kyrie wanted him on the team and they wanted to keep their big boy happy. So they helped him get some minutes, but otherwise I feel like Jared Allen is the fifth best player on the team. Look, I'm not down on the Brooklyn Nets at all. I just found it extremely interesting that you put them at number one and your your reasoning for not putting Golden State on the list at all was due to injury. Of course, we can agree to disagree because the missing, the, the missing link in all of this is your belief in Kevin Durant. And your, your belief in Kevin Durant as a leader of the team ahead of a guy like maybe Steph Curry is significantly different in terms of what you believe can be done. I also do understand the fact that once you go deep of Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, potentially still Andrew Wiggins, uh, Eric Pascal. What does their bench look like? And I will give you the the nod in terms of saying that I feel as though the Brooklyn Nets bench may potentially provide a lot more of a a firepower, especially because of what we saw during the NBA bubble. They got a lot of burn, and they got to show us a lot, and we got to learn a lot about them in terms of guys like Krooks. Obviously, if they can bring a guy like Joe Harris back, Spencer did when he coming off the bench, they definitely have a more suppliable bench. So I understand that. So we have to do, We have to kind of agree to disagree because of the fact that I do feel as though Golden State is a top team in this league coming into next year when healthy. But I also can't get mad at you for believing so much in the Brooklyn Nets, considering that Kevin Durant, one of our favorite players on this podcast, is going to be the spearhead of that team. So moving on from the teams that we both kind of agreed are on the list, we've already t- discussed Golden State a little bit. So we'll leave that one alone. A team that you left off the list that I found was interesting um, enough, and I want you to kind of go a little bit more in depth on is you left the Clippers off. And a lot of people have been doing that lately when I've been seeing the updates on certain teams on certain uh websites, preseason power rankings, and a lot of teams have been usurping the Clippers. There's even a lot of talk right now as to where the Clippers stand in conjunction to a team that defeated them in the Denver Nuggets. So I have them at number four. You don't have them on your list at all. What is it that drove you towards not putting the Clippers on your list? Because I've seen it a lot lately, but I haven't really gotten a true understanding as to what has people so down on them besides just a sour taste in their mouth.
0: So before I get to the Clippers, my honorable mention, or what would have been number six, was Golden State. My reasoning for why I left the Clippers off The playoffs did not treat them well. Kawhi was good for the most part until game seven against the Nuggets. Paul George has had really bad performances in the playoffs, and there were times where he could turn it on, score 30, but then he wouldn't be able to get out of the box and shoot 412 from the field and score 10 points. And then you have the supporting cast. Now, one of the reasons why I love this team was because of the depth on the team. I believe they had basically a second starting five ready to go that could could do as well as the first starting five, as the actual starting five. Now it's starting to concern me a little bit because they fired Doc Rivers. They weren't able to make it out of the second round. They allowed the Denver Nuggets to come back. I know they still have Kawhi Leonard. I know they still have Paul George. But let's look further at that. Montrezl Harrell is going to be a free agent. Patrick Beverly is going to be a free agent. Honestly, you need to re-sign Montrezl Harrell and Patrick Beverly because these are two key pieces on your team. Now, one of the reasons why – I'll I'll add this to another reason why I think Brooklyn is number one. There is a chance that Brooklyn can sign Montrezl Harrell. And I know this is going to be a, a hot take, but there's a chance that Brooklyn really likes Montres Harrell and they can go and sign a guy like Montrose Harrell. I don't know if it's going to happen, but let's be honest. Montres Harrell is probably tired of playing with the Clippers and getting ousted in the second round. I would think he needs to go to a team that he thinks can win now and the Brooklyn Nets are a team that can win now. Considering that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving are both healthy and you have stars like Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert on your team. The biggest thing with the Clippers has been the coaching. Considering Doc Rivers has not been able to take them out of the second round. They have not been able to go to the Western Conference Finals. This team is inconsistent. This team is a mess right now, considering that we don't even know what this team's going to look like next season because there's a chance that Paul George can get traded. Montrezl Harrell. Patrick Beverly not going to be there. I have a lot of concerns about this team,
1: and I, I find it interesting just to touch on it real quick. Like that, you that you thought about the idea of a guy like Montrezl Harrell going to the Nets. He is very New Jersey Nets Kenyon Martin esque, very very New Jersey Nets Kenyon Martin esque, which is pretty cool. Um, if they're able to sign a guy like that, I do wonder about the spacing a little bit, but defensively he's definitely there. And offensively, he would definitely be a, a better punch than um, at the power forward position to go along with a defensive guy like Jared Allen, or he could be the defensive anchor at a true power forward position rather than playing center like how he typically does for the Clippers alongside an offensive-minded guy inside the paint like a like a DeAndre Jordan. So that would actually be an interesting um, pickup. Whether or not they can actually do that, I think they might have to sacrifice the money they would give to a guy like Joe Harris. Is that worth it? That, that that becomes the true question. Um, in terms of your concerns with the Clippers, I, I really can't I can't argue against anything that you have to say. Um, this is a little bit different from the uh from the Brooklyn Nets take because of the fact that there are a lot of holes and like I said beforehand, the uh, the, the sour taste in everybody's mouth about the Clippers it's going to be there for a little while until we see this team play together healthy. I think the biggest thing about them is just not only seeing them play together healthy, but also seeing what type of chemistry they build up through playing healthy because this past season, it's been a lot of Kawhi being the lone wolf. It's been a lot of PG trying to get himself back together. It's been a lot of this team trying to figure themselves out as Sim, kind of similar to what we we were seeing early in the NFL season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that did not have themselves truly healthy early on, and when they had all their players, when they had Tampa, uh, when they had um, Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Ronald Jones, all clicking it on and firing at all cylinders. They were able to put foot's on the Green Bay Packers the other day. And that's what they look like at full strength and I feel as though the Clippers can be that similar team. That's why I put them in my top 5 is because I feel as though when their chemistry is right and they're clicking on all cylinders, they definitely are one of the top teams in the league. The question comes down to what you mentioned beforehand is with a lot of the pieces potentially moving on with the fact that Steve Ballmer might want to make some big wholesale changes, including maybe trading a guy like Paul George, despite already investing a ton of capital to get him in the first place, there could be a chance that a lot of that chemistry could get disrupted just in this offseason, or there's a chance that they might try to build on what they've already gotten and use Ty Lu as the guy to be the glue to bring them all together. That's going to be the biggest question with them is how they address free agency, because chemistry was what they kept saying was their biggest issue this season and chemistry could easily be a big proponent of how they do or do not move forward from what was definitely a disappointing year. We have two teams left that we need to discuss, and we're going to kind of piggyback off of both of them because they're two teams that you mentioned by yourself and went head-to-head in the second round. The Miami Heat obviously are coming off of an NBA Finals appearance in their attempt to win their first NBA Finals since 2013. The Milwaukee Bucks, on the other hand, are clinging on to dear life for Giannis Antetokounmpo, hoping that he will resign after this next offseason, sign to the Supermax, and commit to their team moving forward, rather than going to a team, dare I say, like the Miami Heat. So Ryan, you had the Miami Heat at number two, and you had the Milwaukee Bucks at number five. Explain to me. Where all this faith in the Eastern Conference is coming from? The Brooklyn Nets, the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics. I mean, and Milwaukee is nipping on the tails. There's a lot of there's a lot of Eastern Conference love in your top five, and you get you got sprinkled right in the middle there the los angeles lakers who you don't even truly believe all the way in there's a lot of eastern conference love so what has you so sold not only on the eastern conference but specifically the miami heat and the milwaukee bucks
0: so the reason why i'm sold on the eastern conference is because this is the first time i truly believe that the eastern conference may pose as a threat to the western conference you put guys like Kevin Durant in the Eastern conference, Giannis is in the Eastern conference, Jimmy Butler's in the Eastern conference. There are a lot of stars in the Eastern conference. And I think that it kind of poses a threat in a way to the West, considering that the West is almost twice as good as what the East is right now. And I think that there's a lot of teams in the East that can win the championship. I just think slightly more than what I see from the West. Obviously, I'm not doubting the credibility of teams like the Denver Nuggets, Portland Trailblazers, Golden State Warriors. I'm just looking at what the East can do to the West this year. I think they pose as a credible threat in general. Looking at the Milwaukee Bucks, I think this is do or die for them. And the reason why I have them at number five is because I believe that this is the last year where they're going to be in a top five scenario unless they keep Giannis. I think that Giannis is the glue that holds this team together. And I think if Giannis does not win this year, I think he's going to strongly consider leaving Milwaukee. I think this is, like I said, do or die for the Milwaukee Bucks. Win a title or possibly lose Giannis. I think why I put Miami in that top five is because they just came off a surprising playoff, playoff run considering that they took down the Indiana Pacers easily The Milwaukee Bucks, who were the top seed, easily. Boston gave them a fight, but Miami was able to come out on top. And then they had to face the Lakers, unfortunately. Miami is a talented team. And I said, as soon as the Lakers won the championship, I feel like Miami has the possibility of running it back. And I think considering that most of the guys on their team are signed outside of Goran Drogic and Andre Godala, I think this actually sounds like a pretty good threat maybe even the second biggest threat to the championship outside of Brooklyn.
1: And honestly, you know what? I'm okay with that because looking at the Miami heat, they're in a position where they are essentially in run it back mode. Now, the reason why I left them off their li- off my list is just personally on the fact that I just didn't have the space being able to put a team like the Clippers on the list, having a team, uh, having a team like the Boston Celtics on the list, obviously bumping a team like the golden state warriors back into the mix and, you know, the Lakers just putting them in there in terms of respect purposes, them coming off of the championship on top of the fact that they still have two top players. And obviously my uh, over infatuation with Kevin Durant on the on the Brooklyn Nets. So it just was a situation where I wasn't able to add them. But they are a team that is put in a position where they relatively can run it back and might even be able to run it back with a better piece at point guard. Goran Dragic, great piece at the point guard, but... Losing a guy like that, if they if they want to go and swing for a championship um, this upcoming season, they could swing on a guy like Fred Van Vliet, who's going to be open in free agency this year. He is a guy who they could potentially target, or they can try to run it back with Goran Dragic on a team-friendly deal that'll allow them to still maybe go after a guy like Giannis next season, which is probably going to be their goal if they can, you know, make the numbers work. When it comes to Milwaukee, my biggest concern with them is just the fact that they have a lot of regrouping to do. Now, as a uh, caveat to this, everybody who's listening, this is our preseason top five 1.0. We're probably going to do this a few more times throughout the offseason to kind of gauge the league based on different movements that take place. There's obviously free agency. There's obviously the draft that comes before then. And obviously there's any other little slight moves that could take place like coaching arrangements and different acquisitions via trade that can be made even before the season even starts. So we're going to end up doing this preseason picks top five power rankings as well as a lot of other power rankings throughout the offseason so this is kind of just our initial reactions based on the rockers rosters as currently constructed milwaukee as currently constructed is missing a playmaker at the point guard position if you want to hear a little bit more about what we think they should handle on that check out the episode that's literally coming out right before this where we talk about nba draft needs for the milwaukee bucks This is a team that desperately has a hole at point guard and names like Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, I even mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie as a potential trade piece option are guys that they might need to target. If they can't get guys like that or get a true playmaker at the point guard position in this draft, I think they end up being being a team that looks or stays stagnant. And as a team that got swept by the, the unsung hero Miami Heat in the second round, a team that stays stagnant like that is not going to be able to retain Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I want this to be put in respect of and put in perspective for people. The best player on the Milwaukee Bucks prior to Giannis Antetokounmpo was one of two guys, John Salmons, who you literally need to look up to identify that he was one of the better players on that team. Also had a, a few stints with my Chicago Bulls as well as a stint with the Sacramento Kings. Outside of that, the next best player for the Milwaukee Bucks is another guy you're going to have to Google, Michael Red, who averaged 22 points per game during his time with the Milwaukee Bucks, but never really was a great player outside of his time in Milwaukee. Basically, putting this in perspective, as a as people who might be Milwaukee Bucks fans, you lose Giannis, and you might be in a position where you're going to have to try to find the next Michael Red. And although that might be a relatively decent player, it's not going to be a guy who can get you anywhere close in the mix in terms of championship aspirations moving forward. So this is a do or die season for the Milwaukee Bucks, like Ryan said. I think that's huge. So I think that all of the guys, all the teams, all the moves that we've just discussed warrant all of these teams to be in the top five. Um, as we get further along and closer to the t- season, we're really probably going to have to expand this to a top 10 because it just really, it's just that dicey this year. Ryan, to steal one of the things that you said earlier, the Eastern Conference is the best it's been in years going into 2021, and I think that's what makes everything so so interesting. And although I had three Western Conference teams in my top five and you had four, I think you had four Eastern Conference teams I think that makes it that much more interesting when you think about teams like you left Golden State off. We both never discussed the Philadelphia 76ers, who actually acquired the Doc Rivers. The Denver Nuggets were the star team of the bubble. I mean, the Dallas Mavericks, the Portland Trailblazers coming back healthy. Dare I say the Detroit Pistons with a healthy Blake Griffin. We didn't even mention the fact that Washington is getting back John Wall and could potentially be paired with Bradley Beal. This list could change a million times over as the days go on. And that's what's going to make it so much more interesting as we continue to do these power rankings.
0: Transitioning to our question of the day for our fans. Who do you believe is the best team in the league entering next season? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk Podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get our podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.